ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Thursday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Later on this hour, we're going to hear from Marshall head coach Dan D'Antoni. We'll talk about I.D. Peneva deciding to sign with an agent and his hopes of making it in the NBA. Also, we'll have an update on what's happening with Marshall softball. Jen Steele joins us at 535, but we want to kick the program off with the voice of the West Virginia Power, David Kahn, who's going to get us caught up on everything happening with the Power. Come on, David. Your day's easy today. It's Thirsty Thursday. That's all the fans want to know, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. It is, uh, it is Thirsty Thursday. It's also awful night at the ballpark. Uh, we'll leave that up to the mystery as to what that's going to entail. Um, but there is, there's so much going on, and we're happy to be back in Charleston. But we had a fantastic road trip. The team went 4-2, and two, took 2-3 two of three from both the Hickory Crawdads uh, and the Charleston River Dogs. Uh, team looked very good, very solid, lots of improvement all the way around. And they're, they're very, very excited to come back home and continue to riding the hot streak. Did it just take getting these guys together for a couple of weeks, starting to gel a little bit to, to really get over after that start earlier the season? You know, I think it does. And and I think that you'll hear our manager, Wyatt Teregas, say that as well. Because, as we mentioned before, these guys are young and very raw. But they have the talent to be the best team in the South Atlantic League, no question about it. And when you enable them to understand each other, understand how they work in the context of a game because some of these guys have played together before, but this team hadn't been together before entirely until this year. So now that they've seen everybody's talent level, everybody's comfortability with one another, they they know how to play together as a team. And I think that there was one game on this road trip where that really sparked the confidence in them. On April 14th, we were trailing 11-8 to in the ninth inning against the Hickory Crawdads. We were in danger of dropping our uh, – our second game of the road trip, and we scored seven runs in the ninth inning. Um, they they brought their closer in to start the ninth, and this closer had been in high A before. He's, he's, he's a good closer. We just wouldn't let up on him. Uh, you know, he just started hitting from the word go. Uh, Deion Stafford eventually had the go-ahead two-run double, and then Kyle Watson kept it going with a two-run homer. Chris Sharp a triple. Ryan Purifoy an RBI double. And the, the floodgates opened. And, and after that, you could just see the elation on our players' faces and the understanding that, hey, there is nobody that can hold us down in a game. There is no game we are not out of. There is no game we cannot win, despite the score, despite the inning, despite the situation. And from there, you really saw our team start to develop more situational awareness. Uh, we had three incredible defensive gems that took advantage of some base running miscues by a normally sound Charleston River Dogs team in South Carolina. Uh, we had a lot of beautiful hit and run situations, a lot of a sacrifice bunts that you wouldn't normally see in situations, but they work to our advantage. And so when you start to see those things work, you know the team is really clicking. I was going over some of the numbers now. The numbers tell a different story at times, but you look at the scores to sort of figure out, all right, is this pitching staff, this crew – are they pretty good in a, in a game? And there were a couple of games where it almost got to football scores. So looking at overall <laughs> your, your your pitching staff, 
how how you think it's shaping up uh, as far as after we're just getting again getting past these first few games where you know you have a 15-11 score you have a situation where you lose 15 to 2 to the Lakewood right. so everything you feel maybe starting to shore up a little bit these guys are uh, becoming a little bit more comfortable with uh, the way they're throwing I absolutely do, and, and I'll give you a little bit on everybody. So we start with our opening day starter, Domingo Robles, who only lasted three and two-thirds on opening day against Greenville, and we lost eight to one. His next start in Hickory, he went five and two-thirds, only allowed three runs. So that was a big improvement. And then yesterday, he was unhittable. Six innings, one run. He, he had a career-high nine strikeouts. So start to start, Domingo Robles has just vastly improved, and, and you see – the ability from him when he attacks the strike zone, his pitches are very, very tough to hit. So then you go from him to Travis McGregor, who had his, a great first start for us uh, on Friday, April 6th against Greenville. He had a career-high 12 strikeouts over five and a third. So that was remarkable to see for someone in his low-A debut. His second start he only lasted an inning, uh, and gave up, but he gave up four runs. They were all unearned, however. There were a couple errors that we kicked the ball around a little bit in that first inning. And because Travis McGregor is a prospect and because Travis McGregor, we, we, they're kind of watching his pitch count a little bit more. Uh, they didn't want the, he threw 35 pitches in that first inning. Yes. He gave up four runs. They were all unearned. So it really wasn't entirely his fault. Yes. The runners got on base when he was on the mound, but there, it was kind of a, a, a rough first inning for the team. And so he got, he got, he got saddled with a tough loss, but you look at his ERA at 1.42. So, you know, this guy's been excelling well. Uh, then you turn to Gavin Wallace, who threw the team's first quality start in Hickory of the season. Gavin has been an interesting story. His first start, he was amazing through four innings. The fifth inning got fatigued and got roughed up by Lakewood, or by Greenville. And then you go to Hickory, and he throws six innings and doesn't doesn't break a sweat for the most part. So that was very interesting to see. Uh, Braden Ogle, the same way. First start, kind of got held up in pitch count, only went three innings, 50 pitches. Second start against Charleston, six innings, quality start, allows one run, really, really nice job. Uh, and then the only other one that the only other starter that we've had is Kubalete, uh, that's in our normal rotation. Kubalete actually got uh, hit by a pitch uh, off a bat uh, in Charleston, so he uh, was taken out of the game after just two batters uh, in that start against Charleston. He will he will be okay. Uh, he's still being evaluated for an injury at this point, but he he will he will recover. Um, but then you have a guy like Evan Pachota who's made one spot start and then came in for Kubalete after those two batters. And Pachota threw a quality start in six innings, gave up two runs, even though he was a reliever. And it was the longest relief appearance we had in nearly seven months. So that was really top to bottom. This pitching staff is remarkable. The bullpen over the last eight games has posted an ERA under two and a half. Uh, nine earned runs in 33 and a third innings, 36 strikeouts. So and the pitching staff really starting to figure it out. Joel Hanrahan has been preaching and preaching mental aspects of the game and attacking mm-hmm. the strike zone. And you've seen from start to start that these guys are improving as they continue to, to attack the strike zone. And if they keep doing that, I, I don't see us losing a whole lot of games. David Collins, our guest, West Virginia power play-by-play announcer. And as I mentioned, the, the pitching seems to have gotten better. And, and the good news is you've got some offense there to support that as well. Again, yeah. um, I mean – you're not going to have a 15-11 game every time you're out there, but it's nice to know that these guys can go out and at least find the ball. You're right. It's nice to know that we have a seven-run ninth inning in us every once in a while. It, 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 it's not something that, you know, in that ninth inning, you're down 11-8. to eight. 
as a broadcaster, you're obviously expecting the team's going to fight, but you don't expect a seven-run ninth. Now I'm expecting every time that we're behind in a game that we're going to find some way to come back because of seeing that performance. It was that remarkable. And, I mean, it, it was truly one of the greatest performances and rallies I've seen in a baseball game ever, minor league, major league, you name it. So you look at guys like Deion Stafford, who's not a prospect, but he's been delivering in many, many clutch situations, and his average is showing it. Uh, Rodolfo Castro continuing to get on base. O'Neill Cruz really hits the ball well. Calvin Mitchell has a nice stroke. Mason Martin as well. And then guys like Chris Sharp and Ryan Purifoy, who Purifoy has been an RBI producer, but he hasn't really figured out his uh, getting – he hasn't gotten a lot of hits, but he's still providing in other situations. Whereas Chris Sharp is just a machine. All he does is hit base hits. Uh, and then he'll and then he'll hit one out of the ballpark every other every so often. But him and Rodolfo Castro are hitting above 300, and the reason for that is because they are following in the philosophies of our hitting coach Chris Peterson, who was just saying, "Hey, you know, understand the situation and do what you have to do in that certain scenario." And they've been doing that, so that's why they're leading the team at average. But everybody has been contributing top to bottom, one through nine. We've had several games where at least eight of our nine starters have had a base hit or gotten on base. And when you have that, you know that it's a complete offensive effort. David Collins, our guest from the West Virginia Power. Now, as we mentioned earlier, Thirsty Thursday, that means uh, fans can get into the ballpark and, and, of course, watch a game and get all their favorite beverages. But you're back for a few games. You've got Asheville on the schedule for the next few. And there's a team that really probably can get healthy on. They're 3-10 and 10 right now. And the Power, I'm definitely sure, uh, could probably sweep that series, if not at least take the series. Well, so that's the thing, is that in minor league baseball, records don't necessarily tell the tale as, as you have brought up before. So while Asheville's 3-10 and 10 and we're 7-6, and six, the Rockies always have a good farm system. Uh, they have some very good pitchers. Several of their pitchers uh, are top five, top ten round draft picks that we will see in this series. So that's going to be a tough task for our offense, albeit how good our offense is. So that's going to be something that we're going to have to tackle. But we, as I said, we are feeling very confident. Uh, this team very much believes in itself, and, and they believe that they can take down any any team. And we do, we do a great job of scouting the opposing teams. Uh, our, our advanced ops department and our video department do a great job of providing accurate reports, updated scouting reports to our coaching staff and our players. And we're going to be prepared for any series we have. Uh, Records-wise, yes, you'd think that this series is one where we can really take advantage of, of the the quote-unquote mismatch, but in the minor leagues, you can never really call a series a mismatch because, one, the teams change so much, you never know when one player is going to jump out and have a breakout performance, which is what makes minor league baseball so fun to watch because every game you could have something different. David Cohen, our guest from the West Virginia Power, and uh, after Thursday, Thursday, you've got some interesting promotions, and I just can't wait for the uh, awful giveaway recap. You can't tell me what it is, but I just I, I can't wait now to find out. No, I can tell you what it is. Uh, okay. We have a uh, we have, we have a whoopee cushion that we're giving away to the first one thousand fans tonight. Uh, so so first one thousand fans through the gates will get a whoopee cushion, and if you've ever heard a thousand people sitting on whoopee cushions all at once, you know why it's an awful giveaway. Um, so we've got that. We'll be playing some some interesting music and doing some interesting promotions and video board things tonight. Uh, I'll leave it a bit shrouded in mystery, but uh, if you come out to the ballpark, you'll see what we're talking about. Uh, also, I will not be on the air for the third, in- the top of the third inning. Uh, I'm passing it off to our uh, community relations manager and our social media and merchandise manager. This is a special request that they asked me for two months ago, and I agreed. Um, so they will be on the air for the top of the third inning. So 
if you want to tune in for one half inning where you certainly get some interesting commentary besides mine, because I talk every day, uh, top of the third tonight, tune in. Hannah Frenchick, Haley Townsend will be on the air, and I don't even want to know what they're going to say, but I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it will make everybody laugh. Um, so we've got that tonight. Tomorrow, post-game fireworks. Uh, Saturday, we're really excited about Brewfest Charlie West is happening this Saturday. We had to reschedule it from our last Saturday of the homestand, but it is happening this Saturday. We've upped our breweries that are going to be there. 18 craft breweries from around the region are coming to town, uh, and they'll be the festival will be occurring before the game, during the game as well. And we've got a post-game uh, concert by Of The Dell that will be happening on our stage behind home plate. Uh, and then we've got the normal weekly promotions kind of going on as well. The Kids Sunday Fun Day, a Family Buck Night, uh, Grand Slam School Day, where we'll have 2,500 kids in attendance, uh, all screaming their heads off for every ball that's hit, no matter who's playing. And then we'll have our first Pets in the Park Night, uh, as, well, as well as another Thirsty Thursday to wrap up our homestand. David Kahn, our guest. For more information on the Power, of course, go to wvpower.com. David, good catching up with you. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good, Paul. Anytime. It's David Kahn from Voice of the West Virginia Power. When we come back from break, we're going to hear from Dan D'Antoni, Ideen Penifa announcing that he is going to sign with an agent and no longer play college basketball. Instead, make his move today. If uh, all goes well for him, we might be talking about him on draft day. We'll have more when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Back to the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition. It's the drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Well, we got the news this morning that Marshall men's basketball junior forward Ideen Panava would be signing with an agent foregoing his senior season at Marshall. And he's going to put his name in the hat for the NBA draft. Of course, uh, always a tough decision for a young man to make if they're going to stay or go and see if they can make it in the NBA. And joining us on the program now, the head coach of the Marshall Thundering Herd, Dan D'Antoni is with us. And coach, I know uh, it's um, it's tough to lose such a, a player like Ideen Penova, but at the same time, uh, it's awful exciting to see if he's got a sh- real shot at making the NBA. Well, it's always good. You know, he garnered some tensions of uh, agents, which means he, he came a long way at Marshall University. And, and then it's like I told him, he'll always be a part of uh, some of the biggest moments ever. And I'm excited for him and I hope he, uh, he can do well. It's good for us in that it tells people you can come to Marshall and get to the highest level. How hard of a decision was it for him? I don't know how much he consulted with you on this, but uh, I've got to imagine it was a pretty hard decision. Yeah, when he first uh, decided to go, he came in the office and said that, uh, you know, his goal's always been to get to the NBA. And, uh, you know, he had talked to some agents. He had declared some agents that contacted him. And they offered a a plan toward it. He molded and molded and molded and... uh, Finally, he said, you know, I got to do this. So, you know, it's a, it is a, a tough decision. He said he loved his teammates. He loved his time at Marshall. But that uh, he had to try to take care of his future the best he can. And so, you know, you wish him luck and you always support him. He's always welcome back. Was there any moment where you maybe tried to guide him yourself or was the decision pretty much already made when he came to talk to you? Well, we, you know, I, you know, I, I offered my advice. I'm not going to say what it was, but I offered my advice. And, uh, 
you know, he pondered it, and uh, then he made his decision, and then I'm going to support whatever he makes. Now, with him leaving, you've got some positions to fill, and, of course, the exciting part is that you've got a team coming back that's uh, pretty darn good, and you're going to add some new components as well. But uh, it's got to be tough, though, just looking at where he was to where he ended up with you and not having him for another year. Um, I'm sure it doesn't uh, wreck any of your plans, but at the same time, I'm sure you would like to have him uh, on the bench. Well, we're certainly going to miss him. And, uh, you know, he's like I said, he became an outstanding player and really was just growing into what he's going to be. So we're going to miss him, but the exciting thing about coaching is that uh, you have other kids that want that time and want to get out there and show what they can do. And I believe in them, too, and we're going to try to coach them up and see if we can't put this team back in the same position we were last year. Marshall University head basketball coach Dan D'Antoni joining us today. Dean Peneva announcing that he is going to forego his senior season and he is going to sign with an agent before the NBA draft. So um, now you've got uh, another reason to keep an eye on the NBA. Other than your brother, uh, you've got <laughs> Dean Peneva to keep an eye on. Well, you know, it's always fun to watch. You know, you got white sides, the Marshall guys at uh, Miami and now Penova, so uh, we're hopefully he gets there. I don't know the path it'll take. He works hard and puts his nose to the grind. I think eventually it's going to be there, whether it be this coming year or the year after that, but or, or two years even. He's still growing into his body. But, uh, you know, it's always fun. It's always exciting. That's what life does. It gives you challenges, and you go out and do the best you can. Do you make that phone call and just just tell your brother, hey, make me look good here, make sure you take this kid? Do you make that phone call? <laughs> no. It's, they've got their own people who evaluate talent. And uh, I'm certainly, you know, if they would call, I would certainly give him the thumbs up. But uh, they, they have people who uh, are really kind of outside the head coaching, really. They have uh, a whole staff that evaluates talent, puts the team together, and basically the head coach just coaches it. I'm sure he could have some influence and some input, but they're pretty they're pretty standard within the NBA about having the staffs who put teams together, put teams together with the GM and coaches coach them whatever they get. So, you know, uh, that's kind of the way it runs, and uh, hopefully, Pinnable will catch the attention of a GM or uh, that that staff and and uh, uh, see what happens. Now, in general terms, because I know um, I don't want you, to, I don't want to paint you in a corner here with Idean, but in just in general terms, do you like the fact that these kids have that ability to maybe uh, leave a year early or or put their name out there? Uh, some maybe have that legitimate shot. Others uh, maybe get some bad advice. But do do you like that that they have that ability since you've seen it on both sides? Well, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. It, it depends on. Uh, how the future is painted to them, you know. I, I think, you know, they're 20, some of them are 22, 23, 24 years old, and they should be able to make decisions on, on their life, which way they want to try to go. What you try to account on them is, is that uh, you try to be as honest as you can with them, and then uh, they, they have to make choices. I, You know, if you want to be uh, a you you want to always take it for you and you want to be in charge sometimes it's difficult when kids make decisions outside what you think but uh you know they're 21 22 years old you know they they're going to make decisions on their life they're going to get advice from different people and they have to decide 
uh, which what their future is. So, no, not really. You know, uh, a lot of people think they know what's best for every individual, and I'm not one of those. I, I, I my kids, I raised three boys, and I have a daughter now, but the three boys are out. And they made their choices, you know, and uh, you know sometimes they're less smarter than we are. So. Well, you know, I just got hope that it'll all work out for him, and, and it's going to work one way or another good because he's a good young man. He works hard, and he'll find an avenue to be successful in life. Dan Tony, our guest, Marshall basketball coach. Today, uh, Ideen Peneva announcing he's signing with an agent and foregoing his senior season at Marshall University. So how difficult is it um, for a coach in, in general terms to – to think more of the kids sometimes than the program itself because, you know, you're trying to build your program, and, boy, it would be nice to have Ideen coming back for his senior year, but at the same time, uh, he kind of entrusted himself in your hands when he signed on with you. Well, he did, and, and he gave us three great years, and uh, it, it hurts that he doesn't come back as far as we'll have to find, but I've, I've got full confidence in a lot of our other kids that, will step up and, and do the things that they need to do. Uh, it's also good for our program to tell every, let everybody know that uh, you can come to Marshall University and reach the very top or have people trying to get you to the top. So, you know, it cuts both ways. And uh, as for our coach, it's uh, maybe, I, maybe it's because I'm, little, I'm not really looking to go anywhere or try to build my resume. All I'm trying to do is establish a good program at Marshall and, that's got to be by not one kid, but a bunch of kids. But it is measured by you kids leaving your program and being successful. So, you know, it cuts both ways. I, I just I always look forward to the challenge. It's just a challenge for me now to find another way to put together a team to get back to the levels we were this year. So, you know, it's it's fun. It's uh, uh, it's it's a it's a good chance again to create a another winning scenario and and i'm going to do the best i can i'm sure the players that are here will step up to the task and keep marshall's name right out there in front with the squad that you do have coming back and then with uh the kids that are coming in um how do you feel about that challenge uh i know a lot of people were looking at marshall okay they're the odds on favorite and probably still are the odds on favor to go back and do it again but as you mentioned the challenge is going to be a little bit different since there's a, a slight cast change well and there's a big one coming too <laughs> a slight one that left and a big one that's coming in so you know again uh john we're we're strong you got john probably coming back i mean he's still uh declared for the draft but i'm, I'm hoping that he'll come back and you got cj you got uh, uh, Jared and Rondell. That's a, a backcourt that's uh, been tested, and uh, they know that they can play at a very high level. Jansen really developed, and George developed, and then uh, you have the introduction of Iron Bennett, who is a huge person and uh, could be a huge part of our our team next year. So, and that's not counting our recruits that we got coming in, other kids that are coming back that will be playing and. Uh, you know, I, I I think the future's bright. It's going to be exciting basketball, and I think uh, people around Huntington, the state of West Virginia, southern, oh, eastern Ohio, and eastern Kentucky are going to enjoy watching them play. 
Marshall University basketball coach Dan Dan Tony joining us on the program today. Adin Peneva making it known he's going to sign with an agent and enter the NBA draft, forego his senior season at Marshall. And before we let you go, coach, um, I know um, the NBA is uh, first and foremost on your mind right now because uh, <laughs> you're, you're helping uh, you're helping your brother out a little bit, right? Uh, how much coaching is uh, is coming from you as far as his run in the postseason? <laughs> yeah, I texted him. I said, a "Solid win." Good defense. That was great coaching, wasn't it? <laughs> I, you know, I always comment a little bit to him, and then he always comments a little bit to me. But uh, he doesn't need my help. He's a, he's a, one of the best coaches in the, ever, and in, in my mind. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm wishing him the best. And the better he does, the more recognition toward Marshall. It's another alum that's doing extremely well, and that's that's what I want our kids to do: to come out of here and do whatever they do and find success. So basically, you two are competing because you get the team to the NCAA tournament, win in the NCAA tournament, uh, win a conference <laughs> championship. To start that rivalry. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to try to outdo you by winning an NBA championship, right? I hope he wins an NBA championship this year, and then you know what? We'll celebrate it together, and you know what he'll do? He'll celebrate where we left in that second round. So we're listen. We don't we don't compete. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just try to wish him the very, very best that he can be, and I'm sure he wishes me the very, very best I can be. Danton, Dan D'Antoni, our guest, Marshall, um, losing his – I'm sorry, losing uh, Ideen Peneva. First uh, player to declare since uh, Hassan Whiteside. So um, you might right. uh, you might have a, a situation where Hassan setting the stage, a guy like Peneva, this might be a, starting a trend here for you. Well, if it does, and they're all successful in the NBA, there'll be a line to there'll be a line there to uh, take over where they left off. So, you know, that's what you want. You want a good reputation that you're helping young men in the uh, game of basketball. That we're providing entertainment here at Marshall, and we're providing the type of kid that represents Marshall, not just on the court, but everything else that they do. So, that's my hope. That's what I'm going to try to do, and. And I think it's exciting times trying to get it done. So all I, all I can say to you is let's go herd. Dan D'Antoni, our guest. Coach, thanks for spending a few minutes with us and uh, hope to have you back on real soon. All right, man. Take care. Thank you all. That's Dan D'Antoni losing today, uh, Ideen Pinaba. Uh, a big loss, but I don't think it's a detrimental loss. And that's a compliment to what Marshall has been able to do as far as their roster, the kids coming in, and at the same time, uh, it's a compliment towards Idine Peneva, who uh, has uh, potential here to uh, make it in the NBA. At least uh, there's enough interest for him. It's warranted for him to uh, sign with an NBA agent and see how far he can go in the NBA draft. Jen Steele is going to join us later on the program. We're going to talk Marshall softball. Um, Marshall Softball getting a Sports Center moment. How about that? We'll talk to her when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. With Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It's the Thursday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And uh, let's talk a little softball now. I can't believe that uh, this has been so long since we've talked last. Uh, We're joining uh, Jen Steele, head coach of the softball team. She's now with us on the program. And uh, it's been a while. I guess it took a Sports Center top 10 moment to get you back on the show here. I am so sorry. (laughs) That's all right. It has been a while. It's been 
seems like it's a busy season. Seems like all we do is we're on the road, we practice, and we play. So let's talk about that. First of all, you get, you get a Sports Center top 10 moment. Uh, I'm sure you instantly recorded that and you sent that out to every potential recruit you could possibly uh, think of that uh, you could get that to. And that's pretty cool to have. Yeah, well, you're giving me way too much credit. That's really a, that's our sports information director, Scott Hall. You know, he does, he does such a good job um, promoting our program and really just just bleeding green and white and he loves the softball program he's been here forever as you know and um wiley made a terrific play out there in the outfield we we had a lot of plays to be quite honest that we could have nominated hers was hers was pretty special though with that full extension and so i was just really happy that that she could get some recognition in in a much deserved moment so social media now talking about it and that of course gives you a little added juice and on top of that, you, you had a pretty good uh, few days here of softball with your team. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always better when you can put out your winning, you know, when you're playing really good softball. And so, you know, of course that of course that helps us kind of long term, but it really helps boost the team's morale as well because you know you you go through some bumps at some point in the season, and it, it's nice when you feel like all the pieces are finally starting to come together. So. We're just trying to continue to figure out how to get better each and every day, and, and hopefully we'll get more moments like that. How important was that, uh, just to, to beat Charlotte, get that uh, series win, and then beat a team like James Madison and do it convincingly? This wasn't a, a one-run victory. This was a 7 nothing win. Yeah, really big. You know, the Charlotte series was, was going to be really important. It really it started down in San Antonio, um, down at UTSA. We had – you know, we started off and we swept Southern Miss, and then we dropped heartbreakers to FAU and FIU in game three. And so the, the turning point for us was really down in San Antonio. We started playing some better softball, and it's just been our goal to go out and try to win each series that we have left, you know, to alleviate some pressure from us. You know, we don't have to be perfect, and sweeps are fun, but as long as we, we win the series, we feel pretty good about our chances in the postseason. So... You know, we, we try to make sure that we do that on the weekends. And then, you know, we've played a really tough schedule this year. It's been a really, really difficult schedule, one of the toughest in the history of the program. And so to face a James Madison squad that's receiving votes and just, I mean, their their pitching staff is incredible. Um, the pitcher that we faced to finish the game yesterday is a top uh, 25 finalist for freshman of the year in the country. It's very good. And so, um, to have a midweek opponent like that come here to Huntington to kind of give us great competition should hopefully set us up really nice this weekend for Western Kentucky. Yeah, let's talk about that. You've got a, a three-game set with them, and then uh, you've got uh, a few more out-of-conference uh, matchups. But more importantly, uh, you want to get that Western Kentucky series. And um, I love this rivalry. I always have. Uh, as soon as uh, these two schools started playing each other on a consistent basis, uh, Marshall and Western Kentucky. So uh, what can you tell us about that series coming up? Well, it's going to be really evenly matched. And so, you know, on paper, when you look at both of us um, and what we do well, we're very similar um, squads. We run a lot more, obviously. We can steal a lot more bases and really test them there. Um, but we're really similar. You know, our pitching staffs are similar. Our hitters, you know, our, our swingers do really similar things. And defensively, we're in the ballpark with each other. So I think, I mean, I think it's going to be a really tough series. And, and they're, 
they're not dumb, and neither are we. You know, we understand that this series is critical to figure out who can get into the into the postseason, who can get into that conference tournament. And so we're going to have to go on the road and take a series away from an opponent at their house. And it's going to be tough, but I'm, I feel really good about our chances because we've been doing a nice job as of late, and you just feel some momentum building. We've had some really – special performances by a lot of different players on our squad. And so you can just kind of really feel the, the tide shifting, so to speak. Does it feel like maybe this, this is a situation where you've got everything in place, it's just now it's sort of found where it belongs as the chemistry is maybe getting better, you being with the team a little longer now, all of that's just maybe starting to peak a little bit and finally find its proper place and where it needs to be? A little bit. Um I more so think that you just, you can't rush experience. You know, as much as you want to fast forward it, you just can't. You have to, you have to take bumps at times um, unless you have a team full of veterans um, that have been with each other forever. And, you know, when you look, when you look in the circle for us as a pitching staff, Abigail Tolbert is leading us in innings pitch and in wins, I believe. And she pitched one inning her freshman and sophomore years combined. And she's an ace right now. She's our ace. And so you just, you kind of, you can't, you want it, you want it to happen immediately and instantaneously, but it takes time. And so, you know, we, although we do have some, some great pieces returning in some of our veteran players, the biggest piece in our puzzle right there in the circle, we still, we just, we needed to log the innings. We needed to have the experience. Um, it was kind of like everyone's freshman year a little bit. And so, you kind of add you add those 45 games in. They're they're getting comfortable. They're understanding what they can do. And and we have you know there've been some some lineup pieces for us where you know we had a few players rotating in and out to kind of see who would win the spot. And now we feel like we found that player. And so now that we feel like that we have our consistent lineup um, day in and day out, who we're going to run out there. And the pitchers have had enough experience in the circle. Pieces are finally feeling like they're starting to come together. Who surprised you the most, or let me ask it differently, um, who have you been most pleased with as uh, the season's progressed? Oof, a lot of them. <laughs> um, you know, I'm really happy with Abigail Tober. I said that earlier because she just, to, to go from pitching, no, I mean, one inning in two years combined to getting the ball as much as she's had this year, she stepped into a situation that, that I don't know if anyone, even herself, ever anticipated her doing so. And so, you know, I, I've really been happy with, with what she's been able to give to us. Um, Wiley Glover, you know, has been starting out in left field. She was she was the athlete who just got the sports center top 10 play. But, you know, Wiley, Wiley didn't get a lot of opportunities early. You know, she's a freshman, and she would get, you know, a roll situation here, a pinch hitting situation there, and um, she had an opportunity to start a, the midweek doubleheader against St. Francis and just kind of exploded, you know, and she took advantage of her opportunity. And then she got to run out there the next weekend against UTSA, and she did well again. And she's just really um, – she's provided us with, with some extra spark in the lineup that we've needed late. Um, but we've had a lot of people play really well. I mean, Allie Harrell, gosh, a freshman who's hitting – you know, she's leading us in home runs right now and RBI and – she, again, we forget Allie Harrell didn't start probably the first 10 to 12 games of the year, you know, because we had other people kind of coming in and out as the DP. Um, and freshmen take time. It takes them time to kind of get adjusted to the game. And, 
get adjusted to the pitching and the expectation. And not only did Allie work herself into the DP role, but now she's playing first base for us. You know, she's playing out in defense too. And she made two plays yesterday against JMU where she kind of scooped the ball up and, and really dug out a, a few kind of errant throws and, and helped save it for us. And so um, those three, but, you know, we've had Taylor behind the plate just broke, um, you know, the caught stealing record. And that record's been standing for, I think, 15 years. And so that in itself is an incredible accomplishment. You know, Alicia's on track to, to break the single seat or the career stolen bases record. Um, we've had, we finally feel like we have consistency over on the left side of the diamond with Grayson and Blakely. And so, I mean, a lot of players have been doing a really nice job. So it's, it's tough, um, to kind of pinpoint just one or two because the, we were just talking about an hour ago as we wrapped up with practice that, you know, the thing that felt so good about the UTSA win, the Charlotte win, the JMU win is that it wasn't because of one or two people. It was a collective team effort. And so to be honest, I think that's why we're seeing a lot of our success as of late is because we're finally, we have a lot of people who figured it out. Marshall University softball coach Jen Steele joining us on the program. And uh, after Western Kentucky, uh, you stay on the road. Um, I got to question your travel agent right now because you're going to Athens, then Pittsburgh, then Louisville before you get to come uh-huh. back home. I got to question your travel agent just a little bit, maybe make that a little easier for you, just a little <laughs> Well, it'd be nice if we could get everyone to come here to Huntington. So, I mean, that's always the plan, you know, but regardless of, of where we have, if, if we get to stay at home or we have to go on the road, got to figure it out. And so, um, but yes, we are looking forward to staying at home some more in the future. You know, Louisville will come to us next year and Ohio comes to us. So really just depends on where you're at kind of with that home and away series and what calendar year it is. And, um, but it's, it's, it can be tough sometimes in the middle of the week for sure. Yeah. it's a, uh... It's an interesting schedule because you get to play the Bobcats. Um, so that's a rival for the Thundering Herd. Pittsburgh, which is um, you know in the area, Louisville as well. So really, uh, not only do you have uh, some interesting matchups, you've got some name matchups there, and uh, I'm sure that's uh, going to help you get ready for the, uh, the long haul after Middle Tennessee when you go down to the conference tournament. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we just we're just trying to figure out a way to kind of keep keep some rhythm right now and keep the momentum that we're building. You know, it's really important as you kind of close on the last few weeks of your season, you know, the athletes, they're doing their best to keep their heads above water in the classroom. You know, they have final exams, they have presentations. They have just a lot of things kind of going on, but we still try to find a way to make sure we're getting good competition late in the year because the rhythm that you've created is really important to kind of hold on to because, you want that going into your league, into the, your league series on the weekend. Jen Steele is our guest, Marshall softball coach. Uh, before we let you go, um, anything uh, coming up that you uh, you want to talk about that maybe we missed? I don't think so. We're just, I mean, we're excited. We hope we can, we can kind of, you know, bottle up all the momentum that we've created because it, like I said, it just, there's, there's a lot of good things kind of going on for us right now. So, we're just trying to figure out a way to hold on to it and make sure that we keep it because we know that these next two series with Western Kentucky and the Middle Tennessee, they're going to be really important for us down the stretch. Coach, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll do it again real soon, and uh, let's hope uh, we're talking about a conference championship here in a few weeks with you, but uh, we'll definitely get you back on before the tournament. That sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys. It's Jen Steele, Marshall softball coach. We'll come back, get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255.
This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be on today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Today's kind of Christmas-like. NFL schedule is going to come out. We're going to find out where the Bengals will be as far as uh, television-wise. We've already got a couple of leaks. Uh, the Steelers have uh, rematches against both AFC championship teams, the Jaguars and the Patriots. Both, of course, uh, beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Jags did it twice, right? Um, okay, that's going to be interesting. The Raiders face the 49ers in San Francisco. That's a big deal. John Gruden returning to the Bay Area. How about that? The Eagles return to Los Angeles to face the Rams. You remember You remember that? Luke Creasy, you're an Eagles fan, our producer today. You remember that. Uh, isn't that where Carson Wentz tore his ACL during week 14 of the 2018 season? It, it is, Paul. You're right. But it's also the last time the Eagles left L.A., was when we were uh, claiming that NFC East title. Did the Eagles win this year? Uh, Super Bowl? Did they win that? Oh, you know they won. Hey, hey, and and who's to say you know the Eagles can't make a return trip? Although, you know, return trips always tough. Carson Wentz uh, supposed to be still be back week one, uh, but not going to do any off season workouts. But uh, you know, I, I'm hopeful. You know, every year leading up to this, I said, hey, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, and I was right last year. You so. got it right. I can't say that with the Bengals. I mean, taken seriously. Hey, the Bengals are going to win a Super Bowl. That, no. Start small. Just say they're going to win a playoff game, and right. then we might be going somewhere. You know, the last – actually, they had a horrible season the year prior to their going to the Super Bowl. You don't remember. You probably weren't born. And I'm in high school, and I'm just, like, talking crap to the Browns fan. Like, hey, whatever, man. The Bengals are going to the Super Bowl next year. It's a true story. And then years later, uh, I ran into that gentleman. Um, he was um, working a, a a job somewhere, not a glamorous job, but he was working a job, and just looked at me. It's like, yeah, you're right, man. It's like sadness in his eyes. <laughs> like, dude, you're a Browns fan. Of course, there's sadness in your eyes. You hear the rumors that they're gonna the Browns are gonna look at taking two quarterbacks. Why ruin two quarterbacks' careers? Why do that? You he's, have nothing. You got. You can't even. You don't have anything on I that. I guess. I guess you use one week one, and then he throws an interception. You bench him. You trade him. I don't know. And then the I, the Browns have have gone through so many quarterbacks that even the the infamous quarterback jersey. There's not even enough room on that anymore. It's like the Stanley Cup. What they had to do is retire some of the rings on the Stanley Cup. Got to take some of the tape yeah, off they of the jersey. Well, and, no, they're going to have to start it. a new jersey. Uh, we do have some leaks, though. Um, let's see. The Cincinnati – okay, Cleveland Browns, week three against the Jets, week seven against the Buccaneers. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm looking down the list hey, here. the Jets, that's a winnable game for the Browns probably. Is Are you sure? I, I, I don't know. Are you sure? I don't know if I'm sure about that. All right, let's see. Here's some of the leaks here. Uh, I'm going alphabetical here, trying to see uh, uh, the Ravens. Week 15, I got the Buccaneers. 
the Bears, I think the entire season got uh, leaked. The Bengals, hey, imagine that, no leaks on the Cincinnati Bengals schedule. That's that's called locked security, man. Just locking their business down. Um, the Cowboys have got the Giants Week 2. We've got the Saints Week 12 on Thursday night football, and they got the Giants Week 17. Houston Texans, let's see what they got here. Uh, of course, you know, I'm scanning this live, uh, you know, as it happens. Uh, week one, Texans against the Patriots at Patriots. Don't know if that's uh, that's the game I'm excited about opening up with, but you've got the Eagles open the season on Thursday night football against the Falcons. I'm okay with that, right? And then they also make a trip to London this year. Gave up, uh, didn't have to give up a home game. The that's Jaguars go gave up the home game. That's got to go away. Week one, Falcons Thursday night season opener. Week two at the Buccaneers. This is your Eagles. Week 6 at Giants, Week 8 at Jaguars in London, Week 12 versus Giants. That's uh, what we have league-wise right now from the National Football League. The Steelers have got Week 3 against the Buccaneers and Week 15 against the Patriots. So that's where that's at. Bengals, nothing. Nothing leaked yet. That's some good. That's some good security here. Uh, by the way, since we're talking about Cincinnati, we need to briefly mention that uh, the Cincinnati Reds got a clue and released their manager today. So the Reds might actually field a team. They might be competitive some point of this season today. Starting today, they might start fielding a, a real Major League Baseball team. They are sort of like. The Cleveland Indians from uh, Movie Major League, except I don't know if this group uh, has the talent to, to pull off what they pulled off in the movie. Next season. Next season. So Price is let go. Uh, Riggleman's going to be your intern. Um, so Jim Riggleman, he's going to take over the squad for right now in the interim. Your intern coach, whatever you want to call him. I know there's a lot of relieved Reds fans today. It's like for the first time in several years, there is hope that Cincinnati Reds baseball might be fun to watch again. I, I would look at the stuff and I'm like, what? I I could coach this team better. Day one, day one, Luke, I, I said to Woody Woodrum back in the day, remember the, the old days of the show? Back in the day, I said, this is a horrible mistake. You're not with the pitching coach taking over as the manager of your team. The pitching coach. The pitching coach is not going to lead your team to the promised land. And look at what's happened so far. And I don't think it's going to get any better here in the next uh, few weeks and months. Maybe it will. Maybe we'll actually see the Reds uh, win some games based on strategy. The possibility. I think that's going to do it. for. We'll leave it on that. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Don't forget, we've got Pirates baseball coming up tonight. Our normal time, 640 is going to be airtime. Pirates baseball, a winning team right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. For our producers, we've got Gabriel Sellers. We've also got Luke Creasy, affectionately known as the Pit Crew. want to thank, of course, uh, our guests for coming on, especially Jen Steele. we got her. Uh, coming after practice, uh, also Dan D'Antoni, and I uh, want to thank uh, David Kahn from the West Virginia Power. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. I'm your host, Paul Swan, and this has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, 
If you missed any part of the show today, you can download it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, tune in, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.